Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. The concept, the idea behind, the theme verse behind Imagine More comes out of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, and it simply says this, Now to him, God, who is Say this with me. Who is? Can we say that again? I don't think everybody was, was tracking the He is? So, like we mean it there. He is able to do immeasurably than we can ask or according to? Oh, not according to how we think, not according to how we feel, not according to our past, according to His power that is at? Work within us. I believe, I believe that God is at work in you. I believe that he's at work in a powerful way. Um, So what is in you is from God, and he wants to do something through you more than you can ask or imagine. It's according to his power, and he's able to, to do it. So I want us, Freedom Church, in this series to get a little bit of a vision, a little bit of a grasp for imagining more that God wants to do in you and through you and for others in this Christmas season and as we get ready to set into this next year, this next decade, 2020. Because I think God just wants to, to, to do some amazing things through us. Um, at our house, uh, when we have our bedtime routines, I got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old boy, um, and sometimes we'll, we'll go through some devotions, and we'll have um, different ones. We're, we're on this one right now, which I'm going to talk about in a second. It's called Indescribable, lit, written by Louis Giglio. If you haven't seen this, it's a great uh, book to, to look up, maybe as a gift, uh, parents for your kids or grandparents f- for your grandkids. Uh, but we'll go through this book. I say sometimes we do devotions because I don't want you to, I'm a pastor, but sometimes you're like, oh, he's a man of God. You know, it, like it doesn't happen all the time that we have like little uh, quiet time, prayer time devotionals with our, our family. Like sometimes very easily someone can rip one and it just clears the entire room. And so it just ain't happen. Okay. We're, we're normal like any other family. But this one right here has, has stuck and we'll, we'll go through it, and it talks about um, just how, how, how God's created things and how he's working in our lives. And one of them, it talks about the ocean. And I don't know if you've ever been to the ocean. It's one of my favorite places to go. But when I go to the ocean, one of the things, I, I get this just overwhelming sense and awe of just how big and powerful. I've been fortunate enough to go on a cruise, and you don't go too far off the shore before you look back, and just all you see is ocean. It's amazing. And somehow, some way, I don't know, but scientists have calculated that the Earth's ocean cover about 70% of the Earth. And they've actually calculated to show that the Earth uh, holds 332,519,000 cubic miles of water. Now, a cubic mile is one mile long, one mile wide, and one mile deep. Fill that up with water, and that's a cubic mile. A cubic mile 
is roughly 14 or 15 football fields. Okay, so imagine a box. If, if Amazon was tasked to make a box that was one cubic mile, I'm, I'm convinced they could do it and get it to your house in less than two, in two days on Amazon Prime. But imagine a box that's, that's 15 football fields wide, 15 f- football fields long, and 15 football fields deep. Now take 332 million of those, and that calculates how much water is in our oceans on our earth. Now, that's unimaginable, right? We can't, we can't, we struggle just to even comprehend one cubic mile, much less 332 million of those. Yet Isaiah 40, verse 12, and Rita, I love that you uh, read something like it says, who else has held the oceans in his hand? serve a big God who is able to do amazing things. And he can hold the oceans, it says, in the palm of his hands. And I'll read through this devotion with my son and tell him that we serve a God who is able, a God that loves you and he, he wants to work in you, that he wants, he wants to change the world through you, to which my son gets excited. He's a big God. He wants to do something to change the world through me. And I'm like, Pastor Dad, I'm like, yeah, he wants to. Like, we're preaching a sermon in, in the bedroom. And he's like, you mean like Iron Man? Like, I can, I can save the world? You mean like I can change weather patterns? Like, I can make it snow on, on Pajarito Mountain? You mean, you, you mean like I can make the Dallas Cowboys good? <laughs> he didn't say that. I just had to Get that in there. You could be Broncos fans, okay? So, you know, that's, you know, just, all right. Yeah. We serve a big God. And I'm like, well, we still got some work to do on these devotions. But he's getting the idea, getting the concept that we serve a big God who wants to do something immeasurably more that you can ask or imagine. And I want you to get that vision for you today as we look at the Christmas story. Because the Christmas story is a reminder that God is able and he's doing a work in you. He's doing a work through you that is for others. What is in you is from God and he wants to do something for others through you. Which is why next week we're going to have our Christmas party. So we're going to do our Christmas parties a little bit different. You can wear an ugly sweater if you want. That's fine. Our Christmas party will be 11 a.m. right here next Sunday. And we're asking everyone, and I'm going to explain this a little bit, but we're going to, uh, I'm asking everyone, bring a word. Seek God this week. And what's, what's God speaking to you about maybe 2019 or headed into 2020. I believe God is alive. I believe he's speaking, and I believe he wants to do something in you and through you. So I want us as a church to seek God. What's, what's a word that he's speaking to you in this season? Bring that with you. Some of you will actually will give time to share. Not everyone's going to share, but you'll give an opportunity to say, this is the word that God has given me. I want to hear that. We're going to celebrate that. We're also going to bring a gift and by, by gift, I mean a financial gift. We're going to have a, a year-end offering to celebrate what God has done in us and through us this year and, what, and, and by faith what he's going to do. 
So I'll explain this a little bit too, but we're going to give a gift and 100% of what you give next Sunday, specifically next Sunday, we're giving 100% of it away to nonprofits here in town who are killing it, to people who are in need in Los Alamos during this season, and we'll just give it all away. So whatever you bring next Sunday is a gift, and we'll just, our, our promise is we just give all that away. Um, and so I just want you to prep, because we talked about it last week online, but at the same time, if you weren't listening online, that's fine. You know that that's where we're, that's where we're headed. Now, the Christmas story is a reminder of just how great this God is. And it says in, um, we're going to look in Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, you can open those up. If you don't, they're going to be up on the screen as well. Or it's on the Bible app. If you get the YouVersion Bible app, you can download it, click on the events page on there, and you'll get our sermon notes that are in there as well. Matthew chapter 1. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, or in some of your translations says the Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. It means the, the, the anointed one. Because there was a lot of Jesuses in that time. Jesus was the Greek word for Joshua in the Old Testament in the Hebrew. There were a lot of Joshuas walking around, a lot of Jesuses walking around. They, they, this one was special, though. This one was the one called by God. This was the anointed one. This is how he started, it says. Matthew gives an account. It says, this is how he came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind, he did the math. He, he calculated and he, did, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Talk about imagine more. Could you imagine more of a nightmarish situation that's taking place here. I want you to imagine some doubt today. I want to look at Joseph. Imagine the doubt that had to have taken place on this scene because I'm, if, if you grew up in church, you read this or you've heard this and there's so many things that you just go right through and, and, and I want to put ourselves in the situation. Imagine Mary. She, she's following God faithfully in this, as you read in Luke, in that account that Luke gives of Mary's um, dealings with this. But she goes and she tells Joseph, this is what's taking place. Now, she knows. I mean, I know it's first century and all, but they know how babies are born, and this is not how babies are born. And so he had in mind to divorce her. Now, what she was engaged to be married is now going to be severed. Imagine being Mary in this Jewish context she could be stoned. She could be killed. She, at the very least, she's going to be uh, shunned, potentially kicked out of her house. She lives in Nazareth, so you know they're going to be looking and judging her of what has taken place. And then if jo Joseph is going to divorce her, this now affects her entire future is at stake here. Imagine the doubt. This is... God's son, and this is how things are playing out. Imagine if you're Joseph. <laughs> what? Mary? Imagine the humiliation of being engaged. Now, these were arranged marriages, but still, this was very much like, hey, they're going to be married. They're going to spend their life together, and now that is gone. Imagine the frustration and the anger 
of what now? He did the math. And it's like, this is a dead end. This is complete disappointment. This is a shocker that I, I, I want no part of. Mary, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it as nice as I can. But there's no, there's, no, there's no way to move forward. It's too disappointing. It's too much. We can't move forward. Imagine the doubt that's taking place. I mean, imagine more, but this is how it's going. Like, I have a different plan of how things are supposed to work. You have plans, too, of how life was supposed to work, how relationships we're supposed to work, you know? We, got, we met. We got engaged. We got married. We got the job. We got the promotion. We got the house. We got the kids. We got the retirement fund. We got the college fund. We got the vacation. We got the car. We have the plans. But then life happens. And it doesn't go as planned. And we start to question and we start to wonder, God, where, where are you in this? I don't know. This doesn't go according to plan. This doesn't go according to my, my script here. The illness came. That diagnosis came. That loss of relationship came. That financial hit came. That job loss came. That divorce came. And for some of us, when we imagine the doubts, and we've done the math. And it's wrecked our plans. It can be easy. And no one would, was going to blame Joseph for, for walking away. This is a dead end. No one was going to criticize Joseph for saying, hey, we're go I'm going to do this as nice and as respectful as I can, but we're done. No one would have criticized him for walking away. And I'm not saying for any of you, like in your doubts. I'm not questioning your doubts. I would say if you have doubts, you're human. You're going to struggle. God does not always work according to our plans. The Christmas story is a reminder of that. But I want us to also maybe think, maybe imagine more that there's something at play here. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. It says, but after he considered this, there's no path forward. This obviously can't be from God. Mary, you're saying this is from God, but I know how things work. I'm sorry. This is not from God. There's, if God's all powerful, if he can hold the oceans in his hand, if this is the, the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, don't you think he would have done better? Don't you think he would have planned this out just a little bit better, Mary? No. It's okay to have doubts. Lean into your doubts because there's more. An angel of the Lord appeared. We like to celebrate God sightings around here. Where'd you see God move in your life or in somebody else's life? Let's celebrate that. Be looking for God sightings. Joseph has a God sighting here. The angel appears and he says, I know you've, you've, you've considered this, you've done the math, but Joseph, what you see is not what God has in store. That's what you need to hear today. What you're seeing 
in your life and the circumstances is not what God has in store. There's more. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. There's plenty to fear about taking Mary as your wife, but do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. You're going to get judged. You're going to get talked about and gossiped about. People are, are going to be after you. Do not be afraid to take her as her wife. Because what is conceived in her, don't miss this, what's in her is from the Holy Spirit. What is in her is from God. Embrace. Embrace it. What is packaged in disappointment, what is packaged in uncertainty, what is packaged in doubt, and I don't want that, and I'm going to walk away, might just be from God. Lean into your doubts, because on the other side of your doubts is discovery. Embrace it. I just um, celebrated my birthday this past week. I turned 39 on Tuesday, and um, which was a little bit odd for me. It was a little bit uh, of a, a sentimental time for my birthday because um, in my head, I'm not 39. Like I'm, I, I, I think I'm like 21 or like my body is like 16 and I can go and just do things, right? And um, I woke up on my, my 39th birthday and the, the pain in my shoulder that, that was from just sleeping wrong, reminded me. Um, the ibuprofen that I had to take immediately upon waking up reminded me. My son pointing out the hair loss on the back of my head reminded me that I'm, I'm getting older, okay? And so um, I, one of the things that was sentimental to me, though, was I'm starting to, I'm just, I, I don't have my days numbered like God does. I don't know. He could take me in a couple hours. I feel like I'm good. But at the same time, if you do the math, roughly I'm midlife, right? I'm, I'm in that. I'm not 40 yet. I haven't hit that milestone yet. But at the same time, I'm midlife. And this past year has been the best year of my life. I've just, I'm just, things have, have not always been easy. But I'm starting to learn and see that the things that I dislike in my life, from my childhood, the things that have happened that have disappointed me, that if I would just trust God somehow, some way, if I just continue to put my faith in, it brings it full circle, and he's doing something amazing, even in the bad stuff. So I've learned if I just would embrace these things, and I got my word from God. Embrace. Embrace the bad. On my birthday, I got the word embrace. Don't just embrace the bad. Don't, you don't have to like it, but embrace it because he's working in that. Embrace the good too. I, I can't believe how awesome it's been to lead and pastor this church. You guys make it so much fun to just, you guys crushed it at the, the parade last night passing out things this morning. You guys set up every single week to make this a welcoming, encouraging environment. We have uh, just people just knocking it out left and right, and it's a lot of fun. And we've seen God do some amazing things. 
there's a part of me that's like, you're going to screw it up, Mike. Don't, don't, don't celebrate and get proud. And I, but I also hear God saying, no, it's okay to be excited that God is moving and doing something. And we're just on the ground floor. Like we're just barely even getting started. It's okay to be excited about that. You can celebrate that God's on a move in Los Alamos. Embrace the good. Embrace life. And so that's been kind of my mantra this week and will carry me into 2020. Embrace. Now, I got excited about this, and I told Rita on my birthday, I said, hey, Rita, I, I think I got my word. She goes, oh, you got your word? I'm like, yeah. My word for this next year is embrace. And she's like, you want to know what she said? <laughs> she says, slow down there, birthday boy. <laughs> I don't know who you're going to be embracing this year. You can embrace a cold shower is what you can embrace, but slow down. I don't know if you got that from God or what. I was like, not that. Embrace life. I'm happy about life. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to not like the bad, but embrace it. Because what's in you is from God. Some of you, you need to embrace this season of life you're in. Here's how the devil works. Oh, you're in midlife? He can't really use you. You're not older. You're not younger. He can't use you. You're older? Oh, he can't use you. You're, 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 you're too, too, too old. Too, you, they're not going to uh, um, associate or relate to you. He can't use you. Oh, you're a teenager? Oh, he can't use you. You're too young. Every stage of life, do you realize that the enemy is saying, he can't use you? Look, how, look at your Embrace this season that you're in because there's seasons that at your age that only you can do that God wants to do through you. Some of you need to embrace this town. Ah, Los Alamos, this is not part of the plan. No way. God can't be here. Embrace this town because he, he's working something in here, in you and through you. I don't care if you're here for a month. You're here for a month. You can be a light in a month. I don't care if you're here for 20 years or for your, you're like, this is a life sentence. <laughs> Let God use you. Embrace this town. Some of you are resisting. Embrace this church. I know we're new. But at a certain point, embrace that God's wanting to use you in a powerful way here. And we'll try to keep things simple. But I, I, but I just want to be where God's at. If God's moving, that's where I want to be. He's moving in this church. I want to be here. I want to be a part of that. Let's embrace that. I'm not talking about, oh, let's make Freedom Church big. Let's make Jesus big because he's moving here. Embrace that. That's fun to be a part of. Embrace you. Because that's something that I'm learning at 39 that God loves me, that he's gifted me. He's gifted me to teach and preach. And I'm trying, like, I want to get better, but just embrace it, Mike. Just go and do what God's called you to do. Embrace you. Because God, he believes in you more than you do. He's not doubting Joseph. Joseph, this is happening. And I'm, I believe in you. This, you can do this. He sees more in you then you see in you. Embrace that. No, not me. I mean, that person over there, I mean, they're good. They can sing better. They can. No, embrace you. 
can't imagine it. I can't imagine God using me. Then you're in perfect position. Because God usually wants to do something undeniable through the unimaginable. Joseph says this is impossible. Unimaginable. Exactly. I'm going to do something completely undeniable here, Joseph, that the whole world's going to know. Embrace your doubt. Because on the other side of your doubt is discovery of who you are and what God wants to do in you and through you. Imagine that all this took place on purpose. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. This means the Lord saves, because he will save people from their sins. Say this with me. All this took place. The parts you like, the parts you don't like. The parts you get, the parts you don't understand. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Imagine more, Joseph. Imagine that all of this was on purpose for a purpose bigger and greater than you. One thing I know about you, you want to make sense of things. We have a longing within us that sees all the stuff and we want to make sense of it. This isn't a Christian thing. This is a human nature thing that we have this longing and desire to say, this, how does this fit? How does this fit? I want to see these things work together. And all I want to say is that longing should not be ignored. That that longing to make sense of things, to see meaning in things, might just be from God. All of these things were not random. No, all of these things took place because God was in it. Think about the Christmas story. I mean, this isn't the only thing about just this, this birth that takes place. They're going to have to go to Bethlehem for this, for this sense. Of, now they're going to have to go on a, on a donkey, and she's pregnant. That's not going to be fun. Then they show up to Bethlehem, and then there's no room in the inn. Come on, God. This is your son, right? Come on. Like, get on Priceline, find the little deal, and get us a room. Like, if this is, if you're this big, powerful God, where are you? You've been there. You're wondering, God, where are you? This? And then Herod, the ruler in that area, he's going to get jealous. He hears there's a new king that has been born. There might be a Jewish revolt. Well, let's stop that. Let's slaughter every Every young child, every boy that's two and under, slaughter them, ruthless, senseless. Now they got to flee and they're refugees in Egypt. God, if this is you, why this? Imagine the doubt that they had to have. This doesn't make sense. Longing for meaning and purpose in this. Yet, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophets. God says, my fingerprints 
are all over this. What you see as random is carefully orchestrated to bring these in. They didn't know, (laughs) even when Jesus was born and they're seeing all these things, even in his life, they still didn't get it. Mary, imagine having to watch her son grow up and then she's at the cross still wondering why her son is innocently strung up, nailed to a cross, bleeding with each breath that just keeps going weaker and weaker and he's dying and there's no hope. This is the Savior. This is the one. I don't see it, God. Yet God says, my fingerprints are all over this. What seems random in our minds around us, God was at his greatest activity on this planet. When humanity was at its worst, hey, God was at his best. I want you to see that in your life today. What your circumstances say is not what God has in store. And here's the kicker. Because nobody was excited about Jesus when, in a sense that all of this was, was awesome. They're not writing things down about Jesus when he was born. They're not writing things down about Jesus and say, oh, you got to know all this when he was alive, when he healed people. They're not writing things down about Jesus, having multiple accounts about Jesus when he was alive, saying and teaching and doing all these things. They weren't writing about Jesus, writing all these things down, having accounts and saying, you got to spread all this when he was dying on a cross. No, our hope for imagining more wasn't in his birth. Our, our, our hope for Jesus wasn't in his life, although he did amazing things, healed people, said things. Our hope for Jesus isn't even in his death on a cross. You know where I'm headed. Our hope in Jesus was an event called the resurrection. It is an empty tomb, which is why we can imagine more. That we can get excited and thrilled that God has given us victory over sin, that God has given us a purpose and meaning. All of this stuff now that's random, all of this stuff that's senseless, all of this disappointment that has come packaged, what is in you is now from God, that I can have hope. Now it's Jesus' resurrection that gives me meaning, Jesus' resurrection that gives me hope, Jesus' resurrection that gives me life. Jesus' resurrection that gives me salvation. Imagine more. Because it's based not on uh, um, ooey-gooey feelings. Imagine more. Not because we dream in some fairy tale. These guys are not writing, oh, once upon a time in a galaxy far, far away. No, this is what I saw. This is what I heard. These are eyewitness accounts that are saying, after the resurrection, you had to know this is what happened at his birth. I mean, all of these things have lined up, and God was in it all. You've got to see, at the time, didn't get it. At the time, divorce. At the time, Mary, I don't have any proof. Like, let's get Maury Povich on the stage, and let's get a you know, Joseph, we got the results, and you are not the father. You know, I, I need some proof here. No, I trusted Now it all makes sense. What is in you, packaged as disappointment, 
what is in you packages, I'm going to walk away. Embrace it because it just might be God at work in your life. Imagine more. Thank you. So what do we bring? Because he brings meaning. He brings purpose. He brings salvation. He brings hope. We bring celebration. We worship, which is what we're going to do next week. I don't know any better way in my mind than to celebrate Christmas, than, than to, to celebrate what we found in Jesus, what's, what's packaged here. That everything we have is banking on him, and we're going to celebrate. And so, so Joseph, it says he woke up from this dream, and he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded. And he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to the son. Just want to make it clear. You know, nothing, nothing happened until after the marriage. Okay? He, he kept it clean and then it was embrace after the marriage. Um, and then he gave him the name Jesus. He just did it. It didn't talk, it didn't talk about his feelings. How did he feel about it? Angel didn't give him any proof. He worshiped by just following Jesus. What did Jesus call people to do? Hey, you, come follow me. Christians, and I'll say it too sometimes, believe, believe in Christ, believe in Christ, believe in Christ. But you've got to understand that word is a very active Follow me is a much more accurate picture of what Jesus wants. Obedience, follow me. Believe, trust, follow me. Let's go take next steps. Our mission at Freedom Church, help people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. Just take your next step. He woke up and he took his next steps. And all he had, not proof, not feelings, all he had was a word. He had a word from God. That's how we're going to celebrate next week. Seek God and see what he's speaking to you. I want a church body that is seeking God individually, but we're united together where we're all seeking God in this season. Give me a word, God, and then I'll go do it. So we're going to bring a word, and then we're going to bring a gift Because Christmas and the Christmas story is a reminder that this is not about us. I mean, Joseph started this scene thinking about himself and his circumstances and who could blame him. (laughs) All I see is this. I can't move forward. I got a lot of doubts. I don't think this is happening. I don't see you in it, God. He gets a word from God and it shifts to now imagine more. This isn't even about me. This is about something way bigger, way greater. And now it's not about me. It's my story's now all about him. That's the shift I want us to make in our lives when we bring a gift. When we give, it's not about us. It is an act of worship to the king of kings. One of my favorite uh, um, opening lines to any book comes out of uh, The Purpose Driven Life from Rick Warren. And, and just the opening sentence, purpose-driven life. What's my purpose in life? What am I going to do? It just says, it's not about you. Oh, 
like to our, our narcissistic brains, that just kills us. No, it's not about you. But to our souls, that is so much life-giving words. It's not about you. So next week, we're going to take up an offering, a year-end offering. And when we give, we have a fund here called Love Los Alamos. We call it Love Los Alamos because when, when Jesus, it says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his one and only son. So God is a giver. You can't be more generous than God. When you give, when you're generous, it just communicates love. So any offering that comes next week, 100% of that is going to be given away. And you're like, okay, 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 okay. I'm just not going to come next week. <laughs> well, we got you covered because we live in the 21st century. Uh, we got online giving. So any one-time gift given starting next Sunday into next week, any one-time gift, because some of you guys are awesome and you got the recurring stuff going too, but any one-time gift given next week online will go into that same fund. So if you're not here, you can still give online and be a part of it, and we'll give it all away. And we're going to communicate love to our community, and we're going to love on Los Alamos together. God gave his best. When God so loved the world that he gave eh, a little bit, eh, he thought, no, he gave his one and only son, his very best, for you, for me, and for others. And that's where I want to end this. What's in her is from God. What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. But you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. What is in her is from God, but it's for others, Joseph. What is in her is from God, but it's for others. I want to be a part of a bigger story. I want to imagine more. Imagine this Christmas season if we change the world. You mean like, Change the weather patterns? You mean like we can make it snow on Ski Pajarito so we, our season passes are worth it? That would be awesome. We tend to think circumstantial when we say change the world. You want to know how you change the world, son? It's not Iron Man. It's not weather patterns. You change the world one story at a time. One person at a time in your hands let's stand because i need to close we got to get out of here <laughs> i'm running over on time you guys stand and we'll get me out of here take your card take your card take your invite card imagine more take your card you can hold your hand this is a piece of paper that's all it is but imagine more there's a soul behind here. There's somebody in Los Alamos in your circle of influence that needs you to be a light. We say we invest and invite. You've invested all year, but he's calling you to invite. Maybe you, may, it just, you, have, you might have that person in mind. That's what I want us to do. We're going to bring a word, we're going to bring a gift, and we're going to bring an invite. Invite someone to Christmas. You're like, I'm not going. It's okay, you can still invite them. You can invite them back in January. I don't care. It's this idea that we've been called to be a light. Imagine more. I want to be a part of a bigger story. I want to change the world, and that happens one story, one story at a time. 
Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.